Hello, everyone, and welcome to the latest episode of the Metabolism and Menopause podcast. My name is Stephanie, and I am your host and CEO of Vitality OET. We are a women's nutrition, health, and fitness company that focuses predominantly on women's hormones, particularly as they start going through perimenopause and onwards. We know that you experience so many changes in this time of your life, whether it be hot flashes, night sweats, irritability, brain fog, or weight gain around the middle that seems to have come out of absolutely nowhere. So you go back to cutting your calories, cutting your carbs, doing a ton of cardio, all the things that used to work really well, but now all of a sudden it seems like they're not working at all. Or you start moving in the other direction and the scale goes up and you start feeling worse, which leaves you feeling hopeless. But we know now that your body is inherently different than what it was prior to you experiencing these hormonal changes which is why our mission here at Vitality is to help you understand what happens to your body in this time of your life so you can finally reach those health and fitness goals, live a life full of vitality, and learn how to take care of this new body. So today what I want to talk about is fiber for menopause fat loss. We know that we're all supposed to get fiber, that it's supposed to be great for our gut health, but do we really understand what fiber is first and foremost? Do we understand how it helps their hormones with weight loss, and our health in general. This is something that we see a ton of women really, really struggle with, especially once they start going through perimenopause and menopause, which is why we created a cheat sheet for it. So if you want want that, you can just email me or head to our social media. There's always posts about giving away our fiber guide. So you can just ask me for that there. But fiber is really, really important. But before we go into all the nitty gritties of fiber and perimenopause and everything that you need to know, this is our last reminder of our menopause fat loss workshop that we're going to be running next week. No, week after. Um, So this week is the last week to sign up for that. When you sign up, you'll get a metabolic assessment so we can figure out exactly what is preventing you from being able to lose weight. And we're also going to use that to help us make a customized plan for you. Then on night one of the workshop, we go through the main things that prevent you from losing weight during perimenopause and menopause so you can really understand what the heck is going on in your body. And then two, on night two, we're going to have small breakout sessions with coaches to help you not only understand your results from your assessment, but go over your specialized plan with you so that you can really understand what you need to do to reach your goals. That way you're not just spinning your tires for January, February, March, and not getting anywhere. Um, plus one person who shows up to both nights will win three months of coaching. Um, again, applications close for that January 7th and it is capped because we want to make sure that we aren't having too many people per coach. We want to make sure that you get to ask all the questions and feel very clear on what you have to do moving forward. So if you want more information on that, it is in the show notes for you. So back to fiber, let's talk about fiber. What is it really? We don't really understand. We know we're supposed to get it. We know it's supposed to come from like plants, we think, but what is it? So fiber is a component of plants. So if you thought it was about plants, you are correct. Um, And it's something that the human body actually cannot digest in the same way that it digests our regular food. So therefore, animal products like meat and eggs will not contain any fiber. Um, It's a component of plants and fiber really falls under that carbohydrate umbrella. We have sugars, we have our fructose, fiber is one of those things that falls under that carbohydrate umbrella. So unlike sugars, 
Um, fiber cannot be broken down into sugar, and so it passes through the small intestine into our large intestine, where it can get fermented and broken down by the bacteria that live there instead. Um, that not only feeds the bacteria of the large intestine, which is good, but it can help our digestive system, our health of our digestive system, and overall microbiome as well. So it's very important. Fiber is thought to promote many beneficial health effects, um, like cholesterol reduction for one is huge. If you're someone who really struggles with cholesterol, um, this is like a very common concern that I hear from women that cholesterol has gone up. Their doctor is like, this is your last chance to try and get your cholesterol down. Otherwise, you're going on a statin. Statins are not very fun to take. Um, the One of the very common side effects that I used to see when I worked in the health region with clients um, in the public health sector was that you would get a ton of muscle soreness. Um, it sucks being sore from doing nothing, and this actually usually deterred people from wanting to stay on it or they weren't compliant with it. So getting cholesterol down is really important, um, and eating a high-fiber diet can significantly lower your risk for heart disease, and increasing fiber in your diet can also help lower that total blood cholesterol that can be very pesky and tough to get rid of. So fiber, very important for that. It also really helps with blood sugar control. So we know that during perimenopause and menopause, when estrogen goes down, it seems like you haven't changed anything to your diet. You haven't changed that much about your life. And then you go to your doctor and they're like, hey, your A1C is too high. Or hey, fasting blood sugars are too high. What's going on? You need to cut your calories. You need to cut your carbs. You got to do all this exercise. Well, we all know if you've listened to any past podcasts of mine, Cutting carbs is not a great option for improving blood sugar control because then cortisol is going to go up. And when our stress hormone cortisol goes up, it decreases our thyroid function, our sex hormone production, and it's going to naturally dump sugar into your bloodstream by breaking down muscle, which we do not want. So fiber can actually help slow down the breakdown and absorption of carbohydrates and therefore sugars in your guts. And you're not getting those spikes and drops in your blood sugars. You're not having cravings. So it helps you maintain that throughout the day, making better food choices, keeps you full longer. And this can help treat or prevent insulin related conditions such as diabetes. So huge, huge, huge for blood sugar control, which we know starts to go to crap, unfortunately, during perimenopause and menopause. It also helps in increasing digestive health and functioning. So fiber can reduce your risk of developing some nasty intestinal problems like diverticulitis, um, irritable bowel syndrome, or IBS as most people call it. It's also been able to show to help improve these illnesses in some people if you already have a digestive issue. So why we say some people is like, for example, if someone has colitis, ulcerative colitis, having a high fiber diet can actually cause flare-ups. So this is why we said most people, if you aren't sure if you are someone who should be having a higher fiber diet or aren't really sure about these things, just send me a message. I'm always happy to help you out, figure out where you should be, what's best for your body, because everyone's going to be a little bit different. And it's really important to be able to understand what your specific body needs so that you can thrive, because what works for one person might not work for another. So for example, Coach Emma on our staff, she has ulcerative colitis. She cannot have a high fiber diet because then it sends her into a negative tailspin of her symptoms. So for her, she will have cream of rice, for example, instead of cream of wheat, because otherwise it's too much, too much fiber. So it's really important to understand these things and how they affect your body. And we'll talk a little bit more about that afterwards. Um, but again, if you aren't sure what you specifically need, just message us or book a free consultation call. 
Like we help you figure this stuff out for free because we just want to see you living your best life and feeling good and achieving your goals, regardless if they're health or fitness or aesthetic related. We always want to help. The next one is skin health. Some people don't realize this, but fiber can actually help in removing yeast and funguses out of your body, which can then help prevent or reduce the instances of acne, rashes, eczema, um, which is great. And when your skin looks good, like you feel good, right? You aren't like self-conscious or like trying to hide it. Um, good skin health shows a good internal health. So increasing your fiber can help with both of those things. Weight management. This is a huge one. So fiber intake is associated with a weight loss among many, many populations. And this is probably seen for a few different reasons. One, fiber is a main component of nutrient-dense whole foods like vegetables, fruit, potatoes, whole grains. So people who eat a high volume of whole foods tend to not eat as much ultra processed foods and therefore are more likely to have a more consistent calorie intake. So the way that this works is like when you have a more consistent calorie intake, your body is more likely to be in a less stressed state because when our calories are fluctuating, one day we have maybe 1600 calories, the next day we have 2200 calories. If you're going up and down, up and down, your body's like, oh, what am I supposed to expect? I don't know if I'm going to get food or not food. So it starts to hold on to things. Whereas if you have a higher fiber diet, your calorie intake tends to naturally be more consistent. So your body isn't constantly like yo-yoing, worrying about how much food it's going to get. It knows that it's going to stay within like 100, 200 calorie range. And your body will tend to lean out, have a decrease in inflammation and be in a much better state to lose weight than if your calories are fluctuating all over the place. So naturally having more fiber in your diet will do that for you, which is awesome. You don't have to think as much. It's easier to more naturally be at a stable intake. Um, the second thing is that fiber, again, like we talked about, helps support blood sugar control and insulin levels. So that can really help people reduce hungers and cravings um, and stabilize their insulin levels. We know that when insulin's all over the place, it's a lot harder to lose weight because our body ends up storing stuff. It increases inflammation as well. So Having a higher fiber diet can really help with that. Plus, if you're not experiencing blood sugar crashes and cravings, then you're not reaching for the donuts all the time or the chips all the time. Your body is in a more stable place, and therefore you're not going to be reaching for things that make it then harder to reach your goals. That's not saying you can't have treats because you know I'm going to have them, but it makes it so that they don't control your life. You feel like you're more in control. And again, it makes it easier to reach your weight loss goals when you aren't constantly feeling like you're starving or all of a sudden you have hanger pangs and then the chips are there. It's a lot easier to choose not to want to have them or feel in control around them if you aren't constantly having cravings all the time. And then three, people who eat a higher fiber diet most likely have other healthier habits too. There seems to be a correlation with that. Like people who have a higher fiber diet tend to be a little bit more active. They tend to have more self-care. Um, and certain types of fiber can also help some people feel full longer as well. So th those are all reasons that having a higher fiber diet does tend to improve our health um, to really set us up for success long-term. So now that we talked about like the benefits of fiber, how it kind of works, it's important to know that there's actually two different types of fiber. They're soluble and insoluble, and you need both. So first I want to talk about soluble fiber. It readily dissolves in water when water is added to it. It thickens and becomes like sticky or gummy, kind of like gel-like. 
and it helps slow the digestion of food and can help you feel long, fuller longer because of that. The stomach will empty more slowly because there's water, there's soluble fiber. It turns into like this gel-like substance and then moves through our digestive tract more slowly so that we're not as hungry. Um, it's important for controlling a spike in blood sugar as well because the slower stomach empties, the less likely you're going to experience those blood sugar spikes and drops. So again, super, super helpful. So some examples of food that are high in soluble fiber and turn it into that gel-like substance are things like whole grains. So yes, whole grains are good for you, you guys. So oatmeal, oat bran, brown rice, flax seeds, those tend to be some of the higher food options. Um, beans and peas, lima beans, kidney beans are tend to be some of the highest ones there. Certain vegetables like artichokes, Brussels sprouts, squash, asparagus, broccoli, sweet potato, onions, carrots, those are all really great soluble fiber food sources. And then some fruits as well, like blackberries, oranges, passion fruit, grapefruit, apricots, mangoes, um, prunes and apples, plantains, blueberries, those are all really high in soluble fiber, which can help you support a healthy blood sugar, um, can help you avoid blood sugar crashes and cravings, helps with your digestive system in general. So you can notice that all the things that I listed there are carbs, right? Every single thing on that list was a carb. So therefore, carbs can really help you with your blood sugar control. I hope this is all like starting to make sense a little bit more on um, that you're kind of putting the pieces there. So that's soluble fiber. That's the gel-like one when it goes with water. Then we have something called insoluble fiber, and this helps add bulk to your stools and allows food to pass more easily through your digestive system. So again, this is important to have both types of fiber in your diet to have healthy bowels, healthy weight, improve hormones, all those kind of things I'll touch on in a little bit here. So um, it's really important for removing waste in our intestines as it passes through because it kind of scrapes the walls of our gut. Um, it may also aid in keeping your intestines at an optimal pH, which is important for healthy functioning. If our intestines aren't at a healthy pH level, um, so how acidic or basic the contents are, it can really throw off the microbiome if the right enzymes for digestion are released and those kinds of things. And if things aren't at the right pH level, then we experience more bloating or more constipation or we get the runs, things like that. Just food isn't digested properly. So some great um, options for insoluble fiber. So things that add bulk are wheat bran, beans like kidney beans, broad beans, pinto beans, soybeans, navies beans. So you can see there's a couple things already that have both types of fiber, which is awesome. Um, lentils and chickpeas. Most whole grains are going to have insoluble fiber. So barley, wheat, millet, popcorn, oats, flax seeds. Those are great options. Um, certain vegetables like beetroot, spinach, turnip, peas, squash. Um, we have fruits again, like apples, raspberries, figs, kiwis, mangoes, bananas, pears, strawberries, and then some nuts as well. So almonds are high in insoluble fiber as well. Um, so again, like I said, most of those things are high in carbs, right? Most of those things except the nuts are predominantly carbohydrates. And again, those are important for keeping our gut nice and healthy, keeping things moving along, scraping the lining of our gut, helping maintain the pH levels, all good things for helping us live a healthy life, experience less bloating, things like that. So soluble fiber absorbs water, um, turns into a gel-like substance, insoluble fiber adds bulk. 
Both are incredibly important. You need to have both for a good digestive um, system to work properly for you. So as you can see, like I mentioned before, some of those foods are going to have both soluble and insoluble fiber. It's important to ensure that you're getting a variety of both types of fiber in your diet for overall health. Too much soluble fiber without insoluble fiber, so too much of the gel-like substance instead of the stuff that adds bulk to our stool, can lead to things like constipation, gas, um, stomach cramps, and some people, while too much insoluble fiber um, without soluble fiber can then cause bloating, gas, stomach cramps, diarrhea. So you can have one extreme to the next. This is why it's really important to make sure you have both kinds because that's going to help you maintain healthy bowel movements. So depending on where you are on that spectrum, you can kind of take a look back and be like, okay, I have too much of one versus the other if I'm constipated versus if I have the runs. So important again to have a variety and have both. We can also further define fiber as being dietary and functional. So dietary fibers are naturally occurring in plants. So think of all the things that I listed above, the beans, the apples, the mangoes, all those kinds of things. Whereas functional fibers are the fibers that are manufactured, extracted, or synthetically made. Um, some They're found in like things like protein bars and things like that. So you'll see that it'll say it has X amount grams of fiber. That's going to be functional fiber. That's fiber that's produced and manufactured. It's not naturally occurring. And then you're going to have some fibers that fall into both categories, but it's also important to make sure that you're getting in dietary fiber if you're eating a high level of those functional manufactured fibers. So for example, if most of your fiber comes from protein bars, make sure you're adding in some more fruits and veggies to balance that out. Because again, if you have too much of one and not enough of the other, you're going to see some digestive issues. So we see this in some clients when they're struggling to get their protein intake in. Um, and they're really, really relying on protein bars. They might have a couple a day. And while protein bars, there's nothing wrong with them because I, I consume protein bars too. I love the grenade Oreo ones. They are my absolute favorite. They are so delicious. But if all I'm having is those, I'm not getting a lot of natural food products. My gut will get upset. I will experience bloatings. I'm not getting enough of the other fibers to really balance things out. So now we've talked about all the different kinds of fiber and why it's so important. Um, how much do you actually need? This is a question that we get all the time. And sometimes people will get like six grams of, of fiber. And I'm like, okay, well, that explains a lot. So in general, we want to see women getting like 20, 25 grams of fiber a day, 25 to 30 on the higher end. Um, that's, again, both soluble and insoluble fiber combined. So both kinds there. But this can be incredibly dependent on you and your digestion. And for some people, again, having less fiber is going to be more beneficial. So for me, I am better in like the 15 to 20 grams of fiber. If I go higher, I tend to not do so well. My gut does not love it. It almost causes too much inflammation for me. Um, but some people work better at like 30 grams of fiber. So it's going to take some time to really see what works best for you um, and listening to your own biofeedback. So how's your digestion? How are your bowel movements? Are you experiencing bloating? All those kinds of things are really going to matter. Um, but in terms of fiber, like I said, it it really depends on the person and being consistent is going to be really important because when we see someone going from six grams of fiber one day to 17 grams of fiber the next to down to 10, the up and down, your gut is just like doesn't know how to handle it because you're not consistent and that leads to bloating and constipation as well. Our body tends to do better in like a five to seven gram range 
when you have a ton of variants, that's when you really start to experience digestive issues for sure. So this is why sometimes tracking your food can be really helpful just to give you a better idea of where things are. And that way, if you do experience a bunch of bloating one day, you can look back and be like, oh, okay, it's because I have ate 12 grams of fiber more than I usually do. Um, and that becomes an issue, right? Um, and like for me, I always tell the story of Emma's white chicken chili. I love that recipe. We make it at least at once every three weeks in the winter time. It's just so good. But that thing is packed with fiber. And as someone who doesn't eat a lot of fiber, if I have oatmeal in the morning, which is lots of fiber with some berries, which also has lots of fiber, and then I have like two servings of that lunch and supper, I'm looking at like 40 grams of fiber. For a girl who eats 15 to 20 grams, big mistake. Because what happened to me the first time I made this recipe is exactly what I just said to you. I ended up with like 40, 45 grams of fiber. Um, I didn't poop for like four days. The scale went up by five pounds because I was so backed up. I was so bloated. I felt so uncomfortable. Um, so eventually the scale like figured out what I need to do. I was able to go to the bathroom finally. But for me, what I had to do was like maintain my calorie intake. I wasn't panicking and being like, oh, like I got fat. It's like, no, I just have a lot of poop in me because I had too much fiber. So what I ended up having to do was drinking lots of water, walking to help get, get my bowels movement moving. I got my feet up on the wall to help bring blood flow from my legs down to my gut to help with digestion a little bit more. Did some abdominal massage to help keep things going. But if I hadn't been tracking... I would have been freaking out. I would have been in pain. I would have been panicking about the scale. But because I was tracking, I could look back and be like, ah, there it is. That's the problem right there. So tracking your food can be really helpful for that kind of stuff for sure. Um, and then, for example, if you're someone who, you know, has a gut that's very inflamed or has been having gut issues for a long time, having a lot of fiber can... It is a lot of work for your intestines to break down. Fiber is hard to break down and to move around and to get through your digestive system. So if your gut needs a break, going lower fiber can be really helpful. So for example, for a lot of women that I work with that have IBS type symptoms um, or experiencing a lot of bloating, I typically see where their fiber is at for a time being for a little while, see where they naturally fall, work on being consistent with that, and then sometimes dropping it down a little bit depending where their numbers are. So Switching from brown rice to white rice, for example, it's a lot easier to digest. That tends to be very beneficial for women and they'll see their bloating go down. Um, plus white rice tastes so much better than brown rice. I can't remember the last time I would have eaten brown rice because I genuinely just do not enjoy it. Um, and you will not catch me eating food that I do not like. I don't do that. Um, food is meant to be enjoyed. I'm not going to eat something just because it's quote unquote healthy. Like it has to taste good. So um, that's a story about brown rice and white rice for you, but you, sometimes you need less fiber just to give your gut a little bit of a break so that that inflammation can come down and then you can start increasing fiber to really set you up for success. Um, too much fiber can also crow, crowd, crowd, oh my goodness, crazy. You can tell it's Monday when I'm filming this, you guys, too much fiber can also crowd out our ability to get enough starchy carbs for energy. Fiber is great, but the dose determines the toxin, right? Like we talk about this all the time, just like how I mentioned a little while back on the Hormone Disruptors podcast, how too much water can actually be lethal. Um, we need to be aware of the fiber intake for that kind of stuff too. So in a maintenance phase, when you're eating enough food, that's, that's key here. Um, when you're eating more than 25% of our daily carbohydrates and fiber, it can really uh, like prevent our body being able to get energy to use from our carbohydrates. So remember, women burn carbohydrates during exercise 
not fats. So it's important to ensure that we have enough energy, not only to crush out our workouts and to feel strong, but to get through the day to maintain energy levels throughout the day. Starchy carbs play a huge role in our sleep and wake cycles, um, dopamine production. So our happy hormones, potatoes, actually really serotonin, which is a happy hormone. So go eat your potatoes. Um, it helps with relaxation, brain power, brain power, your thyroid function improves when you have a higher carb diet. So getting in too much fiber can actually push out the calories that we should be utilizing for energy from our carbohydrates. So this is why it's really important to be aware of these things. Um, because again, too much fiber for some people can be can be negative. So too much fiber fiber can also result in digestive upset. Um, this is why I always tell women to track where they are first before they start increasing. Because like I said, if you go from 10 grams of fiber to 30, you're not going to feel good. And that makes sense. So tracking fiber, very, very important. Um, so I want to talk a little bit about tracking fiber since I mentioned it. Because there's something, if you use, go on different apps, it will say net carbs. Um, this is the popular belief that fiber, since it mostly has indigestible um, particles, like your body can't really absorb it as well in the small intestine, that it doesn't need to be included in your daily carb count. Um, so some tracking apps will track your net carbs instead of overall carbs. We don't like to do that here at Vitality. Um, and it can sound convenient because then you can eat more carbs during the day and just subtract the fiber content. However, um, that concept isn't that accurate. And here's why. Dietary fiber passes through the small intestine where typically all other nutrients are digested in our body. Um, but instead, it's fermented in the large intestine. So therefore, contrary to popular belief, the energy content or the calories from fiber is still absorbed and used in our bodies. It just takes a little bit more indirect work to get there and it's digested in a different part of our digestive tract. So this is why we say track all your calories, don't use net calories. Um, it's really important to be aware of that because it can really skew your results and it's just important to keep track of. Um, fiber supplements, this is another trendy thing. Um, so with us, like here at Vitality, we always recommend getting your fiber in from whole food sources first. Always, 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 because you're going to benefit from all the different nutrients and the vitamins and things like that from it. Um, they're also going to help you with like being full, stuff like that. Plus, plus they're good, like berries. Come on, you guys, such a great option. Um, but supplements are typically going to be more manufactured and are not a good balance of soluble and insoluble fibers. So fiber supplements are only recommended if for some reason you absolutely positively cannot get enough fiber throughout your foods. But remember, like I said, if you're getting manufactured fiber all the time, you can have like some digestive issues and things like that, especially some bloating. So making sure that you're getting some whole food fiber is going to be important. So then a lot of people are like, Steph, I've tracked it. Getting fiber is so hard. I don't know how I'm going to do this. If you struggle with fiber intake, sit down, like we can, like as coaches, like we'll help you out. You can message me, I'll help you with this stuff, but go through what a typical day of eating looks like for you. So just like when you want to increase protein, we look at increasing portion sizes, different types of foods, incorporating a snack. We don't have to flip everything upside down to help you hit your fiber goals. We're just adding in small sources here or there, throwing some flax seeds into your morning smoothie, for example, and some chia seeds or bran buds, bran buds to your yogurt. 
um, switch out your more processed snack with some veggies or fruit. There are just small little things that you can do to really increase your fiber. And again, like I said, we have a fiber cheat sheet if you guys want. Um, just message me on socials and I'll send it over for you. Um, but because sometimes it can seem really overwhelming, like you've got to change your whole entire diet and you don't. So where does this fall in with like perimenopause and menopause? As we talked about, like how it helps with weight maintenance, your gut health, your skin, keeping you full longer, blood sugar. We talked about estrogen going down. So it's important to have more fiber to help balance that out. So you're not having crashes and cravings, but what about hormones? Hormones, hormones, hormones. So we've talked about this, I think, on a past podcast, or I've mentioned it in socials and stuff like that. So it's a conversation I've definitely had before. But we can have a ton of hormonal imbalances just because we're not pooping regularly. And fiber plays a huge role in this. So what happens is the way that we get rid of excess hormones in our body is through bowel movements, through urine, but a huge, huge part is going to be through our bowel movements. So if you're not going to the bathroom every day, what actually happens is you reabsorb those hormone particles that your body is trying to get rid of, which can lead to hormonal imbalances. And I know a lot of you are going to be like, Steph, I have low everything. Like it's not, that's not a problem, but it is those, it's going to cause imbalances within your, within your body. So for example, sometimes we have a ton of symptoms. Sure. Estrogen and progesterone can both be low. However, you can still experience symptoms of estrogen dominance, even though if you're not like having high um, estrogen, for example, just because the balance between the two is not great. And this is something that's very common actually in women who have estrogen dominant type symptoms. So this can be like hot flashes and night sweats and the bloating and the irritability, lots of mood changes, um, poor blood sugar control, these kinds of things is because of that imbalance between estrogen and progesterone. So if you're not going to the bathroom regularly, you're going to see that imbalance between the two of them because your body just keeps reabsorbing that excess estrogen. Not to mention that when we are constipated or our gut health isn't in the best place, it, we're going to see a lot more inflammation in our body, making us more prone to leaky gut syndrome um, or intestinal permeability if you want to get really sciencey with it. Um, you're going to see more inflammation in your gut. And what happens when there's more inflammation in our gut is two things. One, Insulin resistance goes up, which we already know is an issue during perimenopause and menopause. So it's going to get worse, um, leading to more fat storage. We're going to see more issues with um, crashes and cravings, those kinds of things. But also when inflammation goes up, we are going to see an increase in dun, 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 cortisol, of course, that wonderful stress hormone. When our body is experiencing inflammation all the time, we're not getting a break from it because you're just not pooping regularly which is something that can be easily addressed and people overlook this all the time just by improving your bowel movements and regularity that can drastically decrease your inflammation and your bloating, which can make a huge difference on cortisol. And when cortisol is too high, we know we're going to see a decrease in estrogen, progesterone, testosterone, an increase in androgens, which is going to lead to an inability to build and maintain muscle mass, to have healthy blood sugar control. Um, our bone health, we'll see our bone density start to decrease. We are going to see more belly fat accumulation. We're going to see our thyroid function slow down. We're going to see all these negative cascading events. So sometimes just by doing this and improving your gut health, decreasing your bloating, you can see a huge, huge change in what your body um, health metrics start to look like 
just by increasing your bowel movements, you can have a better hormonal balance, your cortisol levels can go down, your inflammation can go down, and then you see all these positive benefits just starting to improve. So if you need help figuring out where your fiber should be, or you have no idea if you're getting enough, or you don't know where your calories should be because a low-calorie diet will also increase inflammation and bloating, um, if you need help figuring this stuff out, just message me. I will always help you calculate this stuff out. Uh, no questions asked, no strings attached. I'm just here to help you. Um, and then again, like I said, it's the last last few days for the workshop registration to get your customized plan, to have a coach go over your results with you and your plan with you. And you could win three months, three months of free coaching, which is always, always a fun time. So again, if you have any questions, just let me know. There's details in the show notes and I'll talk to you all soon. Bye.